Hey folks, my name is Andy Sido. I'm a singer, songwriter, musician, producer, and podcast host living in Denver, Colorado. My guest this week is singer, songwriter, performer, Sam Birchfield. Welcome back to another episode of Middle Class Rockstar. I know it's been a little while. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit uh, in between with episodes. I'm doing doing some, and uh, but not weekly at the moment. The last episode that came out was March 22. That was uh, episode 115 with Jeremy Facknitz. Um, I I hate the excuse. Oh, I've been busy, and and because uh, because people use that one all the time, and it gets old. On the other hand. I've put out uh, 100, this, 116 episodes. That's 115 more than 94% of podcasts. I just made that stat up, but it's probably about true. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I do do it, and I'm consistent with it, but I have been busy. Um, my wife and I are getting ready to relocate to Nashville. Um, I'm kind of in the process of tearing down the home studio, and uh, you know, we're out of our, our place here at the end of the month. We're going to crash with parents for a few weeks, and then we'll be down in Nashville mid-July. So until I get settled in, the episodes, the episodes, excuse me, will will be a little bit few and far between uh, for the next couple months. Um, but that's that's that. I'm also about to head to Kerrville, Texas. I'm a finalist in the Kerrville New Folk Songwriter Competition this year, and then my band is doing our first ever theater headlining show at the Bluebird Theater in Denver on June 2nd. Um, and there is a link in the show notes if you'd like to grab some fee-free tickets to that. Um, I'm really excited about that. There's a lot of stresses that I've never thought about before, like what is the set going to look like? Who's going to do sound? Uh, ordering extra merch and, and this and that. There's a bunch of little things. Selling tickets. There's a bunch of... Uh, a bunch of things. The openers. The openers selling tickets. And uh, anyway, it's a great process. I've, I've, or it's a, it's an interesting process. I didn't say it's a great one. It's uh, causing me a little bit of anxiety. But also, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. I've wanted to headline the Bluebird uh, since I was in high school when I saw Jackie Green perform. So anyway, Bluebird Theater in Denver, June 2nd. And it just so happens that Sam Birchfield is playing the Bluebird Theater on June 3rd. Um, and, uh, I, there's a chance I will be at that show. If I am one of the winners of the Kerrville New Folk Festival, I'm going to fly back out to Texas, um, the morning after the show. I've got a, a 6 a.m. flight booked on Saturday, June 3rd to go back and play Kerrville. That's if I'm one of the winners. If I'm not, I'm going to go home from the Bluebird show, take a long, long sleep, and then I'll probably just get up and I go back to the Bluebird and check out Sam. So it'll be a good day regardless, June 3rd. <laughs> anyway, um, that's what's been going on lately. Uh, despite the episodes being a little bit spaced out at the moment, I've got some new very cool swag. Uh, Middle Class Rockstar stickers. It's the logo that you see um, for Middle Class Rockstar. And also got that that same logo on patches and those patches are on hats and it's uh, it's a really quality hat I'm, I'm very excited about it it's the nicest uh, merch item I think I've ever I've ever ordered there's no uh, cutting corners it's a quality cap quality patch and that stuff if you're interested is on my website andysiddo.com slash store I believe yes andysiddo.com slash store okay let's jump into the show Sam Birchfield is my guest today. I've uh, I've been wanting to interview him for some time. I was introduced to his music by our mutual friend Jeff Cook. Um, we we chat about Jeff at the at the beginning of the episode, um, and so you'll you'll hear all about him. But uh, great guy, mutual friend of ours, and Jeff said, "Hey, check out Sam's music," and we got introduced that way. And uh, I, I started listening to his stuff on Spotify and, and was really drawn to it. And then it started popping up on playlists. And I've had friends say, hey, have you heard of Sam Birchfield? And I say, yeah, actually I have. And um, it's cool. It's cool. He's really he's really starting to get a lot of recognition. Um, I mean, has been for a while, but it's, it's really building. Um, he's touring around the country. He's doing big headline dates. And... Um, and it's really cool to see. He's a great guy. 
The music's incredible. We talk about all kinds of things, including Tai Chi and uh, touring with a family. And one thing I find very interesting about our uh, about chatting with Sam is he talks uh, about the benefits of Spotify and streaming, of which there are a lot because so many of us rely on Spotify for new music. But I think there's this this tendency for artists to to say bad things about Spotify. Oh, the algorithm this and the algorithm that and, uh, you know, oh, I'm not getting paid and enough in this and that. Well, if you're, if you're working it and you're putting out great music consistently, you do get paid. Um, you know, you start getting on some playlists and, and once the ball starts rolling, um, you really can pay some bills uh, from online streaming, and and Sam talks about that. He has paid, uh, uh, has has paid some bills with his Spotify numbers. He has, uh, as I'm looking now, almost two hundred sixty three thousand monthly listeners. He's got a song that has almost eight million plays. Um, he's got other songs over a million plays, including Colorado, which I'm call I'm I'm from Colorado. That's where I'm sitting right now. So love it. Um, anyway. So we have a great conversation about a lot of stuff and just just the life of the artist. Uh, and I'm grateful that Sam took the time. If you're a Colorado person, a lot of people listening to this podcast are Colorado people. Sam is coming through. He's hitting the whole state, uh, not just the Bluebird Theater on uh, on June 3rd, but he's got some other surrounding dates as well. So check it out and uh, go see him live. Go show your support. Really quick, thanks to our sponsor, Narrator Music. For simple and affordable licensing for sync, visit narratormusic.com. And as always, if uh, you want to support this podcast in a non-monetary way, give it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you or wherever you listen. Excuse me, it just takes a moment and is really a huge help. If you'd like to support in a monetary way, I'm on Patreon at patreon.com/andy sido s y d o w and. Uh, I'm posting up a bunch of different things on there from my my artist stuff, uh, some podcast stuff, and um, yeah, that's that. All right, let's do the show. Sam, what's going on, man? What's up, what's up? Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. I was telling you before we jumped on that uh, we have a mutual friend in Jeff Cook, um, Who's who's a radio promoter? He's done a bunch of stuff throughout his career, and uh, you were saying he lives in the same small town as you in Georgia. So was yeah. that like a suburb of Atlanta? No, I wouldn't call it a suburb. It's it's I mean it's an hour fifteen north of Atlanta. It's in the mountains, so it's it's sort of outside of the suburb range, which I'm grateful for because I was city's getting crazy and and uh, the traffic's wild, so it's. Um, yeah, my wife and I settled up here when we had our first kid and, uh, we love it. It's right where the Appalachian trail starts basically here, um, right outside of the city. So yeah, so Jeff, yeah, he, he called me one day and we realized we were in the same town, even though he's this pretty significant radio promoter. I was like, you're not in LA or something like what, what are you doing? And, uh, we just got lunch at the little like sandwich place downtown, and and then yeah, I started taking Tai Chi from him uh, probably like three or four months ago, and it's been pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. And he's a Tai Chi master, is that right? Yeah. Has he ever told you that? Has, has he ever come up or? Yeah, yeah. He's told me about it a little bit, but I but not a ton. It's it's one of those things you say it and you're like that's pretty badass just to be able to say. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he studied. I mean, I think at this point he's been doing Tai Chi uh, maybe 35 years. And he he has studied in China under like some legit people. And uh, yeah, it's it, what a cool thing. Like to do something for 35 years consistently. I think he said in that time, he has maybe missed, he does it every morning and I think every evening. Cause you're supposed to sort of sync it up with the sunrise and sunset. And I think he's only missed like a day or two, something crazy. Like he's practiced Tai Chi every day for like 30 something years. And 
don't know. I, th- I think that was looking for some discipline maybe in my life with like consistent, healthy discipline, spiritually, mentally, um, especially with touring so much and having this like weekend warrior, like you go out, I call it going on the hunt. Like you go out on the hunt, yeah, <laughs> come yeah. back to the family and you hope you got something. <laughs> and, um, and then like that father, um, yeah, it was just like, okay, this is hard. And I got to find something to have the consistency and the discipline to just like, and the de-stress aspect, I think Tai Chi too. It's like you're a lot of breath work and you're just like, getting into your body and like being sort of centered. So it's, um, it's been cool. I mean, I'm very new to it and I, I basically do like every morning I do like essentially like the warm up. Yeah. <laughs> like there's like the whole Tai Chi movements. It's like 60 or 80 movements or something. And then before that, there's a common like martial arts thing that called Chi Kung that it's like a breathing thing. So I do like the baby step thing. I'm like, I'm going to do this little warm up every morning and, Someday I'll remember how to do the the big the big one. All the stuff. Well, and you were saying this is linked up with the sun going up and the sun going down. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be. I mean, like in its. I think in China, like that's that's like the probably like the purest way to do it. Um, because Tai Chi, and dude, I'm. Let me just. I am not. Uh, I know hardly anything about Tai Chi. I'm you're, literally just like you're an expert like compared you, to me. <laughs> this is this is like when you're talking to someone and you basically realize that they're just telling you something that they heard on a podcast, which is essentially what is about to happen. Yeah, <laughs> to the people listening. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so like your chi is like your life force, your energy, um, and you basically like people talk about grounding. I'm getting into some hippie shit right now. Yeah, do it. <laughs> People talk about like grounding where you put your bare feet on the earth and there's some electric charge that like, whether you want to think about it scientifically or spiritually, there's some, something that comes from the earth that like um, sort of gives you energy or life force or whatever comes from the sun. So yeah, I think the syncing up with um, the sun, it's like basically like starting your day centered with your energy and then also like sort of like, like charging your energy up and then letting it and then like sort of um, calming it down at the end of the day, I guess is the, and it's cool. Cause like, you, I mean, if you're out in nature a lot, like you notice like everything gets really active at sunrise and sunset, like all the birds, like they're like, Whoa, let's like, get, like it's here we go. And then end of the day, same thing. Um, so it's dope. I, I don't really normally get to do it like that. I, we had a, we were in Virginia for, we had a couple of days we were going to write while we were on tour because we had days off. And that was cool because we were staying on a farm and I did go out like on the porch at sunrise and, and do these movements. And that was really cool because I was like, it'll be right in the midst of nature and all these like farm animals are like doing their thing in the morning. And, um, but yeah. Don't, don't always get to be in the sun. But I think with musicians too, I mean, there's a lot of that get up at 11 or 12 and go to bed at two or three. And some of that is forced right on, on the gig. Mm-hmm. But I also, some of it, a lot of us do to ourselves, um, you know, it, it, but it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing to be on, on that schedule. But I'm sure when you've got shows, you can't always, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not good at the evening stuff. So I, I would, I'd say hardly do I do the movements at night, but the morning I can be pretty consistent, even if I'm getting up late, just having like, all right, the first thing I'm going to do of the day is I've been doing cold showers too. So I'll like do a cold shower. I'll get out and do these movements, even if it is 11. Cause you're right. Like, dude, if I tried to wake up, if I tried to be <laughs> awake for sun, uh, for sunrise every morning regardless of what i'm doing like i would probably die yeah yeah, <laughs> like yeah. my body would just be like shutting you down <laughs> <laughs> and so you grew up 
going going way back, I guess. I, I, you grew up in uh, in South Carolina, and uh, you know, among the Blue Ridge Mountains, right? Yeah. So Seneca, South Carolina. It's like, yeah, you you see the mountains from there. It's the foothills. So like we, you know, you go up the mountains all the time. It's close to Asheville, but in South Carolina. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I've been kind of. That's kind of just been my. I don't know. It's just like for whatever reason, my soul is very into those mountains, and I, yeah, I grew up going up there a lot. My my granny had a house in Western North Carolina that we'd go to, and um, yeah. So my music, like, it gets sucked into that too. Um, and I just, and that's cool because I've settled where my wife and I live now is like relatively. Um, close to that as the crow flies i mean yeah uh, it's a it's like two and a half hours of driving to get over there but it's just right up in the same mountain chain which is cool well there's a lot of different music that you can hear in what you do um and i think a lot of it is is rooted in in music that comes from uh, that that's performed in that area a lot you know you've got appalachian music and folk and bluegrass and there's some blues influence and stuff yeah. i mean how how big is that? I mean, if you were born in, say, Colorado or California, do you think your music would sound a lot different? Hmm. Maybe California, but I think Colorado would be similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe no, I, don't, I don't know. I think, um, I don't know. The You know, I think it's nice to identify yourself geographically. Um, just It's just a human thing we we want to do. Like, we yeah. want to be like, this is where I'm from. Like this is, but I think nowadays in modern society, that is, it's sort of like this sad thing to me, actually, that we've actually lost a lot of diversity geographically. Um, there's been obviously a lot of amazing, good things that have progressed out of like, um, the interconnectedness of everything with the internet and, you can hop on a plane and be anywhere. Right. But I, to answer your question, like, I don't, I don't know. I think we've kind of got this weird monoculture in a lot of ways where I don't know how much we are affected by our geography unless you're really isolated. Like, yeah, you know, like if you go to a place, like how often do you go to a place and you're like, yeah, there's this, there's this food like you can only get here. Right. Like not often. You're, you're like, yeah. if you want sushi anywhere in the world, you pretty much get it. Or if you want to have like avocados anywhere in the world, like, so, and there, I don't know. I think, I do think the mountains, maybe this is why I'm drawn to it too, is like, it's almost like the last frontier of isolation. Cause there are some areas in the mountains, like you just straight up, unless you cut the entire mountain down, like you got to drive through some labyrinth of winding roads and rocks to get up to these places. And, there is some like interesting culture in some of those places, like some real backwoods mountain places. And you're like, like, what are you guys eating? Like, what is this? What is this? Like, how are yeah. you talking? And, yeah. And that goes for all over the country in like different, super isolated, like rural areas. Um, but uh, most of, most of the country I think is, we're all sort of watching the same things and listening to the same podcasts and eating the same foods from the grocery store. It's kind of weird. Yeah. You know, I, I think about it all the time too. You know, you can, you can in some ways be, be whoever you want, uh, which I mean, at least in a, in a, in a public eye and there's some cool stuff about that, but at the same time, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is Mexican food definitely better in Mexico or is, or is, is the place down the street just as good? I, you know, I, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's interesting, yeah. um, interesting stuff. <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to, you don't want to think too much about it. Cause, I don't know. My wife and I have these debates about like stuff like that or stuff like, um, like technology. Is it good or bad? And like, you can go so deep down the rabbit hole on that stuff. It's like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you just have to be present with where you are, um, where your geography is, even if that includes your internet geography and like your communities that reach, um, beyond your physical place too. 
how present do you try to be on that stuff? I, it's necessary, and you have a Patreon, and and you know you're on all the platforms, and and you post things on Instagram and stuff like that. Is is that something, um, you know, that's a big part of your day, or is it just viewed as as your job, and you do what you need to do? Uh, it's pretty much just a job thing. I I'm pretty anti-social media. Um, some of those things I kind of struggle with. Um, I've been lucky recently I have a, a start working with a manager who's helping do a lot of just like the more advertising posts like there's a show coming up and here's the info about it yeah. um, which is nice to be able to not be you know super involved but I do try to see the good in it and still I'll try to respond to fans authentically and honestly when I can so yeah. that's that gets harder and harder the Things have been like ramping up more, which is good, but like getting more people reaching out and sometimes with intimate things like that they're like going through and I try to be honest and give time of day if I can. And also same as like the merch table, like a lot of times I'm selling my own merch and I, I try to be really intentional about and present with those conversations and not just be. You know, like it's it's easy to just be like, ah, oh, like, like really uh, energized. We call it my wife and I call it merch table talk because it's so easy to fall into this just like energized social um, vibe, especially with the adrenaline from like coming off the stage, and you're just like, ah, yeah. Um, but so yeah, that and social media, I try to be like honest as much as I can, and authentic and present but I definitely do not like posting and I don't try to have my day be consumed by posting or anything in that realm like I try yeah. to stay away from it yeah 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 absolutely well and things certainly are ramping up for you I mean you've been you've been doing pretty well you're getting out and touring a bunch um you have a booking agent yeah so yeah um been working in the past couple of years with uh buddy Matt who's and Charleston. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, uh, slowly building the team, I guess. And it's cool. Cause I've been doing it for like 10 years of, you know, just trying to play shows wherever I could. And it's cool that I can support a family right now, even though taxes just beat the crap out of me. Yeah. Yeah. At what point, I mean, was there a point, I mean, you, you do this, right, where you play, I don't know how many how many shows a year you're doing, but like, you know, 2022, I did like 215 or something, like a lot, you know, and, but so many of them are gigs as opposed to shows, right? I, I, I sort of make, I love playing every night, but I, I differentiate between a gig and a show a little bit. Uh, mm -hmm. Are you in the corner of a brewery being asked to turn down or are people there to watch you perform? Right. Um, have you... I mean, was there a certain point for you where you saw a breaking point of, oh, more of these are shows now. This is really starting to build into something. Yeah. I, w I mean, I try to only do shows, if at all possible, yeah. even if it's like a show in a brewery, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It's part of it is like your own mental approach to it, but, but also the audience's per uh, perception of what they're coming to. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say, so I would say probably a big chunk of my early years I was doing, uh, I was in the Atlanta area and got plugged in with a bunch of like corporate bands doing like weddings and stuff. And that was my gig. I would do those. Those are my gigs that would supplement so that I could go out and then do shows. And I think really the 2020 enabled it was really right before it i was i was pretty much dialing back on all that stuff we had a big um early 2020 uh tour that we were do i was doing with with a band and obviously that's when COVID hit um but that that transition really just cemented for me like i am not doing these weddings man i do weddings occasionally now if fans reach out to me like people reach out direct to me that know my music um, and I just make it a like a I don't want to do them so I make it a financially worth it thing for me and my everybody involved and 
Um, and I just do them a couple times a year or whatever. But um, that transition was, was pretty huge. And I don't know why, but like consequently, like I started to get enough online buzz to where I could, I had monthly income to sort of pay my mortgage, like, or not at the time, pay my rent and um, just have enough going to where I could justify, you know, turning down all that other work and all the gigs to where, yeah, you know, now it's like I, I'm home, I'm doing my administrative stuff, I'm, you know, being, being here, being a dad and being a husband, and then I go out and do shows, and been pretty blessed to not have to do, like, a lot of the, the gigs. I, I'm not above it, man, I, I'll do whatever I gotta do to take care of my family, and including not do music, like, honestly, like, I'm not yeah. holding too tightly onto anything, and, um... But yeah, I would say it was the, it was that 2020 transition that, for whatever reason, everything started to line up, and I had the opportunity to not do cover gigs or you know corporate gigs or anything like that. And it's been so much better mentally, so much better time wise, so much better, even financially, so much better because I'm. There's more equity in being an original artist, you know? Anybody can go out and play, like you said, a gig. But to have a show where people want to hear you sing your songs, connect, um, where you really do that genuinely is it's a special thing, and it's a thing that nobody can replicate, you know, really. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. 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 That's, we talk about the pandemic and it, there, it was really terrible. Right. But there's, I mean, definitely I, I, a lot of musicians kind of had some silver linings about what they were doing. And I think a lot of people in general just made some positive changes in their lives. Like, Oh, I don't need to drive 50 miles a day to <laughs> or whatever. Um, and what do you have? I mean, since you started playing music, did you picture yourself getting to a certain level, uh, popularity wise or financially, or is there a certain type of venue that you pictured for yourself in your music? Like as a goal? Yeah. Man, that's a good, that is a good thing just to, to remind yourself as an artist is like, I forget who's, I've heard someone's talking about this, where it's like, set goals, if you, if you don't set a goal for yourself, you will never be satisfied. Right. Um, and, yeah, I think when I was younger, I probably just had, like, this vague idea of success or something. And then it just started to become, like, I just want to be able to support a family. Yeah. So whatever that looks like, man, it's, it's, and then as I've been more sort of blessed with, things that have happened it's like okay well if i can support a family if i can play less year less days out of the year yeah like and if i could play venues that are like cool theaters like um people that want to be there like some cool festivals i've started to sort of like paint that picture um but it's definitely not like um i think there's definitely a sweet spot i guess of venue like just from my experience even you know seeing shows it's like you get above a thousand people or a couple thousand people and it's it starts to like be a different thing yeah and I, I mean I've never played to venues more than that myself right. but even just playing a small theater of like you know four or five hundred people uh, there's something really cool about like getting that many people it's still a lot of people, but to get everyone like where they're on the same page and you're sort of going through this thing together. Um, whereas like a stadium or like this crazy huge things, it's, it's just a different energy. And so I don't think I would ever really want to do anything like that. And I don't think my music is whatever do that anyways, but, um, yeah, I like these small theaters and just places where you can still have real connection with people, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think that's really special and probably the coolest thing about music, especially nowadays with the uh, 
we don't we have so little con genuine connection with people even like people won't even talk to each other at the grocery store and stuff so if you can get people that are strangers in a room to feel connected um and in a deep way like i try to have some songs that i that are deep i try to write honestly and think deeply about what i'm saying so it seems like it's a positive thing and yeah i think not having to be too many people because i think you can lose that i think there's a there is a limit to growth there's a limit to where it gets it loses what it is you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely you've brought up your family uh several times how, how long have you been married for uh, so we're coming up on six year anniversary to my wife and we have a 14 month old uh, son so he's he's our first uh, we definitely want to have more kids we uh so my wife's also an artist she's her music is out as pip the pansy it's totally kind of opposite of everything i do and um but yes yeah, so we we moved up here we were living in school bus for a little bit uh right after 2020 because i i bought it like years before that and finally had the time to finish it and we moved into the school bus and within like four months found out we were pregnant <laughs> and like we gotta get out of the school bus man this is, <laughs> this is rough. and uh that's when we ended up here so we've been here for um coming up on two years and, so uh, that's yeah. obviously uh a game. I, I just got married uh, this past June and, and no kids yet, and yeah. that's that's a few a few years away still. But I think about that all the time. Of well, how does this change when uh, when there's a kid in the world? And you were talking about the going on the hunt. Is that something that's a little bit different for you now? Where you like you go out on the weekend, but you definitely want to be there and, and be present at home as much as you can during the week. Yeah, I just I want to be home more in general and I think I was I always thought of going out on the road as going on the hunt I just thought it was a funny analogy. Yeah. like you know you're out with your like your band of dudes and and we're all just kind of scruffy and tired and especially early on we'd go you know drive thousands of miles and be like we don't know if we're gonna come home with any money <laughs> like, yeah so that's sort of like the hunt where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to catch anything, but I'll be gone for two weeks and <laughs> I hope I come back with an elk. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think it's just for having a kid, it's, it's the realization of ultimate priorities. And so when I say I want to be home more, it's, I don't know, you start to look at your actions and like, what are they serving? Yeah. And I think that's part of it is like, I, it's easy to justify everything you do, especially as a man in today's society, it's easy to justify everything you do as uh, provision. Like if you have family, like I'm providing, so like we be gone for six months and some people have to do that. Some people actually have to do these crazy long things. I'm I am so blessed that I can make my own schedule and determine what I do and I want to be able to provide for my family but I also recognize that providing for your family is not just monetary it's emotional um, there's something about being present and engaged that you could argue is more important than like having even like shelter you know over your head i don't know yeah um so yeah I'm, I'm it's really cool and i have a really awesome team that i'm starting to build where we're just aware of like what's what's most important and yeah and so trying to look this year is a pretty busy year and it's probably busier than i want to be but we're like all right we're now seeing that and we're going to course correct as we go into the future and just like stay present with each other. Well, my wife and I, but also just the team and the band members like, how's everybody feel when we're gone for this song? And it's like, it kind of sucks. Like it's just a grind. And like my girlfriend, sure. like, and then like being honest about that stuff, instead of being like, 
We gotta do this. We gotta win the game of music. We just gotta hustle, grind, hustle, grind. Right. Because like, where does that end? Like, what are you pursuing if that's your attitude? You're probably pursuing fame, fortune, like success. Like everybody knows that stuff is not fulfilling at the end of the life. So it's awesome, but yeah, I guess I'm just trying to make sure that my priorities are correct and it's a balance because I do have bills to pay and crazy taxes due and I've started this thing now that is like its own thing that's rolling through the universe so I have to like yeah consciously consciously even like pump the brakes sometimes like it's so easy I don't know if you feel this way but I just love looking at the calendar and like filling it with things. Like I feel so yes. good. <laughs> like yes. put a little, we put a little like C for confirmed. We're like, boom, look at all these C's in a row. We've got like five of them together. <laughs> this feels awesome. Oh. And like just today I had a, we have a weekly call and I was talking with my booking agent and well, we were supposed to play this bigger festival that just got canceled. And, and probably my conscious in the, in the back of my head is like, Cool, you, you need to take that weekend off. That needs to be an off weekend. You can be home. But there's the pull to be like, oh, but this guy just reached out about doing a little festival, you know, knowing this other one got canceled. He could guarantee this and we could probably get a few other dates around it and have a good like four day run. Right. And that's just the constant battle of like, you can always take another gig, take another show, yeah. add another tour date, take another opportunity. It takes balls to not. Like, yeah. It's it's the toil of man. It's just like, how do you um, say no to the temptation of like productivity, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Abs- I think I related to that so much. <laughs> yeah, man. It's brutal out there. <laughs> When you talk about the 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 touring and and seeing what feels good, how long you're going out for, and taking into account your band, right? You might may, maybe now everything's at a point where everybody's getting paid what they need to be getting paid, but earlier on, um, was it? How how was it for you to get investment from players when the band is your name? I mean, I know you have the Scoundrels, but it's yeah. it's your thing. Um, how do yeah, you? Yeah, dude, that's the thing. So the the theme of this year has been me opening my hands and not holding so tightly onto just everything, and it's been cool because I think that's actually done a lot of good. And yeah, that's a good, one of those things is like, you've got a band. And so one of, so early on, like I would just try to pay people, like, honestly, like they should, everyone should be getting paid way more. Like musicians in general, ticket yeah. prices should be way higher. Uh, guarantees should be way higher for artists and for bands so that people can get paid. It's crazy how undervalued it is. So like with, with what I'm doing to try to like, if this thing can continue to function, like I have like this, all right, this is what I can pay you guys. Knowing you should get paid more, knowing that if it grows, I'm gonna pay you more. Um, yeah. And so, but I think this, in the new year, like I've started, we just recorded an album and I really just kind of settled into like this particular group of guys. It's more recent. We, Me and the drummer and bass player have been playing together since like 2020, the 2020 tour. And it's really settled into like that group. And then we brought on another guitar player. And for the first time I was like, dude, this is like the guys, we should do a photo shoot of all of us. Cause like we are the band that's playing. And for some, I feel like in the past I was resistant to it. Cause I wasn't sure like, yeah. like, Oh, well, are, are people really committed that much? Like, are they gonna, are they just, is it just a gig for them? What's this and this. And I realized it's like, if you want people to be, invested in what you're doing you have to invest in them and i think that moment was like like yeah i'm gonna fucking do this photo shoot i'm gonna 
they had these guys like be in the shots. And then with the album we just recorded, it's like, man, I'm going to give these guys like partial like ownership of the record, which is, it's like, you guys are playing on it and I'm still paying for all the recording and stuff. It's expensive as hell. So it's, it's hard to give up like profits down the road. But that was another thing where I was realizing I'm just holding too tightly on this thing. And if I just open it up, it's like, it feels more free. And I think it's been cool over the past year with that happening where like, this the band feels tighter. Like we feel like taking away some of that I'm sure you know, like I'm a gigging musician and I'm playing in your band. Yeah. Like that's a different thing. And so trying to like destroy that as much as possible and it takes me treating them that way. And um it's been cool because I think yeah, it's it's cool to see it like blossom, I guess. Yeah. The investment from everybody yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Um but it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially if you're if you're still fronting um, recording costs and things like that. Um, but uh, talking about the, uh, in you know being under appreciated, right? Where uh, ticket prices should maybe be higher, and there's there's all these factors. Musicians should get paid more, and I always you know I tell my bandmates that all the time. Um, do you think that part of that is linked? to the fact that maybe artists overvalue fame. So it's a little bit easier to be undervalued in an industry like that, where I would love to do this gig. So I'll do it for that because there's potential for this down the road. I think that's probably an element of it. Um, I think the more noble reason across the board is that Artists will be artists whether they're paid or not. Like the real artists out there are going to create art just out of an outpouring of their soul. Yeah. And my wife is one of these people, especially. It doesn't matter. Like you just walk into the house and you're like, what happened today? And it's just like, there's like colors everywhere. Things are different. She's doing some project or something or, um, or playing music or whatever like so i think that's why it can be undervalued is it's basically like imagine that there's just if it was some other if it was like a resource like imagine there's just like gold that just falls from the sky yeah and like someone's like trying to like catch it and be like no, no, no. like yeah i'm uh i don't know if this is a good analogy i'm trying to think of like is this the point being like it's just gonna happen so like if people are like Oh, I'm not going to pay you any money for that gold, man. I could just go stick my hand outside. It's going to fall into my hand. Like, yeah. great. Sweet. I got some gold. Like, oh, there's, I want some music. Like, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm just going to go look for, like, free concerts or, you know, find stuff free online. And, um, and so I think it's, like, because no one is, like, well, we're going to stop making music if you don't pay it. It's like, no, no, I want to make music. <laughs> like, I'm not going to yeah. ever stop. Even if I, again, like I would stop if it hurt my family. And I was like, I need to stop doing this and do something else. Yeah. But it's like the curse of the artist is like, to be honest, I really want to, I really want to play this show. So like, yeah, I'll do it for less. Like, cause I really want to play my music in front of people. And, um, I'm going to keep making it and keep writing. So I, I can't not, you know? Right. Right. You put out, uh, you, you've got a couple of recent releases, uh, back in August, you put out scoundrel, um, which, which is maybe an ode to your, to your bandmates a little bit. Right. Uh, yeah. Cause we started calling it the scoundrels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so that, that came out in August, uh, and you've been touring on that. And then you put out, uh, profit, uh, is a single just this last month, I believe in March. And you did something I love when, when musicians do this, you put out the, the full version and then also an acoustic version. And, 
What yeah. was the decision behind that? Well, so profit is on Scoundrel. So I basically had, so it's basically like releasing some acoustic versions of the, some of the Scoundrel songs. Um, honestly, it was kind of random. Like I, there's this old jail in my town uh, that I can walk to from my house. And I really wanted to go in there and film some videos of like recording in this old jail. And that record, Scoundrel, the whole like motif of it is, is about outlaws. It's about who's good and bad. And that's a blurry line sometimes. So I wanted to dig into it and kind of make people think about it. And, but I, I couldn't get a hold of anybody to record in this jail or to do videos. And finally, last minute, this guy on Facebook was like, oh yeah, I can get you into the jail uh, like tomorrow. <laughs> I was yeah, like, whoa. Yeah. So I called my buddy who does video stuff. I was like, man, uh, I think this will be really cool. You want to come shoot some videos? So it started off as just a video session. And we just like, I just did only live takes. I was just like, I'm just going to play as many songs in the time we have. He had like one camera and I set up my uh, one microphone and we just did them. And yeah, a couple of, so we had like full videos of them and then a couple of them really liked. It's like, we should just release these, um, you know, for people because it's, you know, the acoustic thing's cool because I think the lyrics are a little bit more present a lot of times in the, so I thought it'd be, be cool for some of those songs. And uh, yeah, we just, just were like, let's make it happen put out these songs so i did <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool um i know you have physicals and, and uh you know people listening should know that you have physical copies of your of uh of your music and, and that can be found on your website and that's the best way to do it but a lot of people it, most people consume on on spotify um and you're on there too and you're doing quite well on there um I was just taking a look. I think you've got like a quarter million monthly listeners or something. Kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. At what? When did that start to snowball for you? Is it always a gradual build, or was there a, um, you know, was it was there the last of the honeybees, and then the help the back catalog? It was a gradual build. It's it would it would start. There'd be like a song from each record that would sort of hit a little harder. Here Tonight was off my first record, was the first one that I started to notice. I was like, man, people really listen to this a lot. And um, yeah, man, it's, I mean, it seems like when I release music, it, it, you know, obviously people listen more and it, it sort of helps. I don't know how all that stuff works. I don't know, I don't know how it works or why, but I'm grateful because it's paying my mortgage and um, keeping me from doing gigs all the time. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's, but yeah, I would say it's been gradual and there'll be like a spike. Yeah. Something, some song will just kind of hit for whatever reason and, and it'll sort of spike off. And I don't know why I was like, thank you, Spotify gods. May you, <laughs> you know, may you yeah. continue to bless this, this path. <laughs> but um, it's weird. It's a little weird to be, I'm super grateful but every now and then I think, what what is, is this real? And if Spotify changes some way that they do things, yeah. do I all of a sudden just not have income that I've been depending on? And I, I, I think of it as such a regular source of income, but I don't know, it's, it's weird. You know, yeah. it's like our, a lot of these aren't even, necessarily real like fans are just it's like some passive listener on a playlist and so you're like well what what's happening in the real world like who like i don't know it's weird to feel like you're maybe a slave to this giant you know tech internet thing yeah like, at the same weird. time again thank you to the spotify gods for, for blessing this path, I mean, right? I mean, it's been... <laughs> don't bite the hand that feeds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I actually... So, I think that it is a good organization. And I... Um, like, I, people sometimes hate on it because, like, oh, the 
money per play, whatever. But I, I've heard um, I heard some good talks about you know is it Dan, Daniel El Eck or Elk the the CEO? Like I, I think he really cares about it's sort of redistrib redistributing the wealth to middle class artists. It's take like it used to be radio was your only way in to get any sort of income passively, especially for your music. And he's basically like toppled that a, a little bit where the big labels don't have quite as much pool. They still do. And they're, they're in there like with their hands in their pockets, trying to like, you know, you can tell when something's like, Oh, who's this person that no one's heard of that all of a sudden has like a million whatever's. Yeah. Um, but it's way more about even than I think it was in previous iterations of the music industry. So I am grateful for it. Yeah. Are you, are you so grateful that you painted your walls green behind you? It's a Spotify endorsement. <laughs> no, uh, that's my wife's crazy ideas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can well, almost green screen in here though, you know? Yeah. 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 It looks good. It looks good. Um, well, hey, thanks so much uh, for taking the time to chat with me. And if you wouldn't mind, stay on the line for just a second. But in front of our audience, uh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Andy. Appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. That's Sam Birchfield. Thanks so much, Sam. I really appreciate it. And if you're a Colorado person, I, it, Sam's doing a bunch of tour dates this summer. But I just want to mention especially uh, for Colorado people, there's a lot of Colorado people that listen to this, Bluebird Theater on June 3rd with Of Good Nature. June 2nd, uh, if you're not in Denver coming come to our Bluebird show, uh, you can catch Sam at Schmiggity's in Steamboat Springs, and he will also be at the Lariat in Buena Vista on June 8th. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next time. It won't be next week, but next time. Take care. <laughs> Thank you.